This is a podcast for Functional Ecology, a British Ecological Society publication. Hi, everybody. Today, I have the great pleasure to talk with Dr. Lillian Tuttle. She's going to be sharing some insights from her recent publication in Functional Ecology, Differential Learning by Native versus Invasive Predators to Avoid Distasteful Cleaning Mutualists. And this paper by Lillian is a finalist uh, for the Haldane Award, which is offered by the journal. So thanks for joining us today, Lillian. Thank you for having me. And I would love it if you could start with just giving us a bit of background about how or why you decided to tackle this particular topic. Yeah, so... Uh, My co-authors and I studied the behaviors of invasive lionfish and cleaning mutualists on coral reefs. Lionfish are uh, an invasive species that are voracious predators across the Caribbean. Um, They eat prey fish up to half their own body length. They hunt dozens of fish species. And so there was some concern among conservationists and biologists that lionfish might threaten a very important fish in the region, the cleaner goby. And as the name might suggest, the cleaner um, removes or cleans parasites, dead skin, and mucus from the skin of larger fish clients. Um, So if lionfish were to eat them, then there could be cascading negative effects on the rest of the coral reef community. Um, What we did is we used a combination of observations and experiments conducted in both the field and the lab uh, to try and understand how lionfish as an invasive species, as well as a couple native Caribbean predators, uh, whether or not they, one, consume the cleaner goby, um, two, whether or not they might change their behavior towards the cleaner to be more or less antagonistic, in other words, eating the goby, or more mutualistic, in other words, uh, engaging in cleaning with the goby over time. And then uh, in the field, we really wanted to understand whether or not these predators affected the wild populations of the cleaner goby. That's fabulous. And can you tell us what was the most surprising result from this study? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, there were a couple. Uh, so the to paraphrase from Bruce, the shark from uh, Finding Nemo, fish are friends, not food. That was uh, a lesson that apparently coral reef predators have to learn for themselves. And what I mean by that is that Uh, lionfish, they would eat the cleaner, but when they did, they hyperventilated like they had eaten a very spicy pepper. Uh, And if you were to reintroduce a cleaner goby to that lionfish a couple days later, the lionfish would swim right up to it, be about an inch away and just stare down its nose at, at the cleaner. And then it would turn around and swim in the opposite direction. That was overwhelmingly what we found, that lionfish learned not to eat the, the goby. They, Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I've never seen such stark behavioral results, <laughs> which is great for a PhD, obviously. That's, yeah, a fantastic outcome. And <laughs> yeah. how, how does that fit with the rest of the results from your study? Yeah, so actually another surprise in our research was that 
when we looked at native predators, these small juvenile groupers, we expected them to naturally want to cooperate with the cleaners because that's what we see out on the reef, that these groupers are getting cleaned by the gobies all the time. Uh, so that was going to be our, our kind of control or foil to the lionfish. Well, as it turns out, the grouper uh, also ate the cleaner goby in the lab. And when they ate them, they hyperventilated a bit. They were quite a bit slower to learn than the lionfish were. But over time, and what our, our field observations were able to show us, is that these groupers do learn over time to not eat the goby and to start cooperating with it. In fact, they're the most, uh, they're the favorite client, you could say, of, of the cleaner goby. They're cleaned very frequently out in the wild. So it was fascinating to see uh, and compare how these native predators behaved with uh, the cleaner as uh, compared to the invasive species, the predator. But how interesting that the invasive species, the lionfish, seem to learn faster than the native fish. Did you expect that outcome? Um, I'd say I'm not surprised just because lionfish have been such effective and uh, at spreading, and um, they are definitely generalists. I mentioned that they eat dozens of, of fish prey, so they've got a lot of options. And so if they find something that they don't like, <laughs> then they can turn around and Move eat something on. else. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think it fits into the story that, that maybe part of the reason for their success is the fact that they are quite adaptive, quite quick learners. I suspect so. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Um, Lillian, in reading the blog post, I, you shared a little bit about some of your experience as an undergrad and how you got into science. Can you share some of that with our listeners today? How did you get to this point? Yeah, well, it's, it's a long story, as it always is, but I was born in Kentucky, landlocked Kentucky, but I grew up um, fascinated with the natural world. I spent a lot of time outdoors, especially along uh, a creek, Clear Creek. And it was in Clear Creek where I would catch and play with crawdads um, and native clams. And we would build little rock walls, little rock rooms or houses for, for these species. And um, just had a lot of fun watching and observing and being outside. Uh, it was when I was 16 that uh, I finally kind of made this a connection with what, how I wanted this to impact my career because I got scuba certified and suddenly I could breathe underwater, which was a magical experience as many of you might connect with if you've had um, a similar experience. Now, not only could I breathe underwater, but I could just sit there and stare yes. at whatever was down there with me. That's and so I decided that that was something that I really wanted to prioritize doing as part of my as part of my future. So I ended up going to um, college at a small liberal arts school in Kentucky, not far from where I grew up. Uh, but during the summers, what I did is I sought out internships at the coast. So my first internship was out in Oregon, um, where I was a part of the National Science Foundation Research Experience for Undergraduates program, REU. Uh, and so I was lucky enough to get to do fish research there. Um, 
and then actually through a professor at my small liberal arts college the next summer, uh, I got to go to the Virgin Islands. And so that was the first time that I had gotten a dive on coral reefs. And as you know, coral reefs have beautiful clear water, the fish are brightly colored, and it's just a magical place to be. Um, and so, really? yeah, yeah. So while I love fish and animals in all places, I, I just fell in love with that environment, that ecosystem. And so my graduate career, I, I pursued um, a connection from my REU days out back in Oregon. So I went to school at Oregon State University, uh, and that eventually has led me to my current location in Hawaii, where I'm a marine ecologist. Um, this is yeah. just fabulous. I, I'm so grateful for you to be willing to share your journey because um, it helps to inspire the younger generation of scientists who are trying to figure out how to break into STEM or how to break into marine science and um, how they might go about navigating that. And for listeners, I'll just point out that if you get a chance to jump on the blog post, you can see some of Lillian's beautiful underwater photography um, and some of the habitat where she works. And I also want to make sure we share, Lillian, I know you're just about to start the next great adventure on your journey. Yes. Can you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, I mentioned that I'm in Hawaii and uh, I've been here for a few years, but what I'm doing now, as of this past Monday, I started as the USGS, U.S. Geological Survey. Um, they have the Hawaii Cooperative Fishery Research Unit that's based at the University of Hawaii Hilo on the Big Island. And I will be um, a co-leader of that research unit. Uh, that means that we will be focusing on uh, research that has very applied um, ap applied applications. We're, we're going to be working with the Hawaii Division of Aquatic Resources to answer their uh, most pressing marine resource research needs. Um, and so I've developed partnerships with folks in those organizations, as well as um, Nature Conservancy, NOAA, um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. It's all a large partnership to do research that informs management needs. Uh, and one of the biggest priorities of this research unit is that we will be focusing on training the next generation of marine resource practitioners. So uh, I'll be recruiting graduate students, masters, PhD, postdocs uh, in the very near future. I'm, I'm very excited about uh, the direction, all the various directions that this new position can take me and whatever students uh, come and join me here in Hawaii. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. I hope that we have some listeners out there that are able to take advantage of this terrific new opportunity that's just emerged. Um, and thank you for spending time with us today. I really appreciate you being willing to talk about your research.